Nerd or not, even the seven Dragon Balls couldn't make this good. <laughs> What's up, Cretans? Welcome back to episode 27 of the Nerd or Not podcast, where we give our opinions on a range of topics, although you guys like to hear about Star Trek, so yeah. spoilers. Uh, everything and anything under the sun, uh, you know, the bright nerd sun, as Bob likes to call it in our rundown, uh, you know, all while we promote fellowship, conversation, and humor every chance we can get, because at the end of the day, we like to think we're funny guys. Whether you guys agree with that or not is your opinion, but uh, if you think we're not, you're wrong. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's Cretans Guild, all one word. And you can find all of our podcasts on uh, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. And of course, our hometown, uh, the video version, will always be up on YouTube along with any other videos we make. Uh, we're currently on a mission to reach 10,000 views on the channel. With your help, we will hit that goal. And apparently with the help of the fine folks at Star Trek and the Orville, we'll get a hell of a lot fucking closer to that oh, goal this week. Oh my god, we got a lot of views for episode 26. You nerds love you some Orville talk. Uh, <laughs> so, as much as we would like to just turn this into uh, Nerd or Not Talks or the Orville, uh, we can't do that. Uh, although we will talk about the Orville this episode, because if there's one thing we know how to do, it is how to beat a dead horse <laughs> with a with stick. A... Uh, any of you who have been with us on our roads to WrestleMania and uh, this continued uh, <laughs> adventures with the action movie playoffs know that we are not afraid to milk a topic for all it is worth. Um, so major, major thank you to all our new subscribers on YouTube and followers on Twitter. Uh, on YouTube, our sub count doubled after episode 26, which became our most popular episode by a landslide, and we can only attribute that to the content that we had. Uh, it was also uh, probably encouraging and enjoyable for you guys to see us actually talk about something we enjoyed. And hey, cool to you guys who disagreed with our opinions on Discovery. Uh, I know a lot of people thought we were being a little too lenient on Discovery. Um, full disclosure, I'm new to the Trek fandom, so I'm going to be a lot more forgiving. Uh, and I think Bob was being nice. So that's probably what's going on there. Uh, and of course, we are the Cretans Guild. I am Jay. This is Bob. Uh, Corey is currently... Um, shit. Uh, what is Corey doing today? Corey is uh, awash in a sea of Middle Eastern women atop a rooftop bar somewhere in Chicago uh, who are just uh, praising him for his wonderful, wonderful hair. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, we've made a bunch of friends along the way. Uh, we want to promote one of our fellow podcasts. Uh, the Best Darn Diddly Podcast. Uh, Mike and Richie are two dudes who, like us, grew up on The Simpsons and gave a weekly review of Breakdown, complete with background info, stats, and impersonations. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Best Darn Diddly, and their podcast on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, links will be below in the description uh, and also posted elsewhere. Um, but you can find them you know, just by searching that. It's all one word, Best Darn Diddly. Definitely uh, check them out. If you're a Simpsons fan, you'll enjoy their podcast. It's and, it's very entertaining. And who isn't a Simpsons fan? I mean, Christ. I mean, we we even played Tapped Out for years uh, <laughs> it, when that game just became unforgiving. Um, we've been to Universal. We have been to Springfield. We have had the Flaming Mo. It is uh, it is definitely something that we love. Uh, I know, Bob, you for a long time, you had like all those Playmates toy sets. Uh, yeah. Like the, the talking oh, yeah. Simpsons figures. You, Man, you got me a number of them. And... Uh, how many people do you know have been officially banned from a Simpsons trivia uh, competition? Uh, 
One. I know one. Um, <laughs> although I would I would put uh, my friend Matt, who I used to work with at EA, was uh, oh. I would have loved to have put you two together in a Simpsons conversation because I'm pretty sure the world would have imploded based <laughs> on the, the knowledge you guys had because it would have just been so I, I, I'm, I'm watching uh, Next Generation. And there's an episode in season six where uh, Picard gets stuck on the Enterprise when it's, I guess, being cleaned by a green death ray. Um, and uh, I know instantly what episode you're talking about, too. And, and this is the episode where, where Data and some other just rando Starfleet dude are practicing their social graces on each other. Like, Data's trying to learn how to con- conversate with people. So he just starts impersonating this guy. Well, actually, did you know this this stupid fact? And that's exactly what it would have been like with you and Brenner talking about The Simpsons. It's like, well, did you know Sideshow Mel was originally supposed to be Sideshow Twiddledee or something? And it had been like everyone else just sitting around going, oh, my God, can this fucking stop already, please? Uh, anyway, so over the last couple of weeks, uh, what's been going on? Um, I have been sick as a dog. Uh, you might still be able to hear it a little bit in my throat. Bob, you have also been sick as a dog. Um, yeah. The unforgiving television hours are not uh, not conducive to, to not being uh, ill at all times. Yeah, those uh, early but, morning hours really take a toll. Yeah, I mean, you're up every day at what, 3? Yep, for work? 3 a.m., home by 2. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> of course, I work 7 days a week from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, so... Yippee. Uh, but there, you know, just because we've been ill doesn't mean shit doesn't happen in the real world. Uh, and some shit did indeed happen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, first and foremost, you guys know we are big Disney fans. Uh, and we, we kind of uh, get spoiled uh, lately because we're kind of in a weird Disney renaissance. And uh, it's a lot of it has to do with the leadership of Disney CEO Bob Iger. And I know a lot of stockholders would say no, but I can tell you the parks have gotten a lot better since he took over as CEO. And let's also not ignore the facts that they have acquired Marvel. They have acquired yep. Lucasfilm. Yep. Uh, they have turned their movie uh, house around. So they have done great work under Bob Iger. Now, he's a businessman. He's not a Disney creative guy. You know, he, he's an awesome businessman, but I think he could be nicknamed the great negotiator because this is the guy, that the first thing he did when he took over is he made peace with two of Disney's biggest enemies, Stanley Gold and Roy Disney, who were having a uh, a Save Disney campaign. Yep. I remember that. Uh, that was actually a campaign I took part in. I used to have a Save Disney bumper sticker on my car. Um, and uh, I, I had uh, I read the, the Disney War book when it was, you know, talking about the, the feud between the uh, uh, Michael Eisner. Uh, it was Eisner, right? That was his name? Yeah, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Michael Eisner administration and the and the Disney family because Roy Disney was ousted like unceremoniously from the Disney board, um, and that led to you know because Disney was in a dark place for a while, you know stocks were down, prices were falling apart, they weren't building any resorts. Yeah. They Michael Eisner he did a lot, but the the last few years of his tenure, him and Jeffrey Katzenberg I think did more damage than they did uh, of building up of the Disney company. Oh, I completely agree because not only were they making bad business decisions, they were in, there was infighting, you know, these two were, you know, working behind the scenes to stab each other in the back at all times. And there was no progress being made. Iger doesn't really have that problem. I mean, you've, you've got some stuff like you can hear there's, uh, you know, there's the, the kind of feud between Kevin Feige and, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that ended up working for Trump and in Marvel TV, uh, where there's that big oh. disconnect between what's going on in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and Marvel Television, even though they are the exact same universe. Um, 
There's only so many times you can hear the it's all connected tagline and nothing's fucking connected except Sif shows up every once in a while. Um, so it, it's it's there's definitely some stuff there that that is, you know, definitely hold over because it is Hollywood and Hollywood sucks. Uh, but uh, Bob Iger is not someone that is uh, is, is going to be uh, ill remembered at Disney. Uh, he, no, he. He's going to be really heavily missed. And another person that uh, a lot of people forget about that he also made peace with with the Disney company was John Lasseter in Pixar. Yeah, I mean, he's true. he's like, all right, guys, you know what? We're so sorry. Uh, how about, John, you be the head of Disney Animation and Pixar Animation. Oh, yeah, and we'll buy you for like $7 billion as well. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just look at some of the stuff that's happened under, under Iger. You have Pixar coming into the fold. You have a complete renaissance in Disney feature animation. You have, uh, cause I mean, let's not, let's not ignore the fact that, uh, princess and the frog frozen tangled, uh, wreck it. Ralph, like all this stuff has come under Iger's watch. This is him saying, yes, make that movie. Yes. You can have the funding for that. Yes, you can do that. And it's because of his influence with the John Lasseter because of his embracing of the Pixar way and how they do creative that we have had stuff like that happen. Uh, there has been, you know, some stuff at parks where that, that people haven't liked, but you know what? The parks are in a better state now than they ever were. Disney now owns Disneyland Paris. Yep. They they have the majority ownership now. Yep. Which Um, is odd. I didn't, I never knew that was a situation that they weren't in. I didn't either. I only knew that about the Oriental Land Company with Disney Sea and Tokyo Disney. Um, but you're even at a point now where some of the innovations that Disney is making here at Imagineering, well, not here, not in Orlando, but in like, um, uh, out in Glendale in California, there are occasions where the Oriental Land Company is looking at it and saying, that's pretty cool. We could use that in our parks. So we're starting to see that creative happening again. And it's going to be sad when he steps down. Uh, I'm curious who they're going to get to replace him because that's, that is, man, that is a gigantic sort of Damocles hanging over you at all times when you are, when you are the head of Disney. Those are big um, shoes to fill. Yeah. 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 Big floppy yellow mouse shoes. Um, <laughs> You know, you don't really follow up people like Walt Disney, Michael Eisner, and Bob Iger lightly. Uh, I don't know who it could be. Um, I, I can't think of any names <laughs> because I can tell you right now, Bob Iger sure as shit wasn't on my list when when uh, Eisner stepped down. Um, but, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff coming for Disney. Like, we've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge coming. We have uh, some new hap- some other new happenings in Hollywood studios as well. The new Pixar area, yeah. The um, uh, Toy Story Land. Uh, yep. They just revamped all of Fantasyland. Yep. Uh, um, Streets of America at Disney or yeah. at uh, Hollywood Studios. Uh, yeah, Pandora. Let's let's not oh, yeah, ignore yeah. that Pandora at Animal Kingdom. What uh, a and get then that was. We just had the what thirty fifth anniversary of, of Epcot? Oh, yeah. Uh, Epcot 35. Boom. Yay! Anniversary of Epcot Center, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, uh, based on the uh, the Florida Project film from uh, Walt Disney. Uh, if you have a chance to see that, please do it, because it's a goddamn fascinating look oh inside God. this genius's mind. Yeah. Um, but there's some changes coming to Epcot, and this is some stuff that people don't dig, but you know what? Me, I actually kind of like it. I miss some of the educational stuff of Epcot, because I like the idea of an educational park. But that's not what folks want anymore. They can get education on YouTube. They want to go on vacation <laughs> to have fun. Um, but one of the things we're getting is a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster taking over the former Universe of Energy uh, at uh, at Disney. Uh, and I'm still confused of how they're able to do this because 
Universal still has the theme park rights to Marvel properties for the state of Florida. For Marvel properties that were used in film before Disney bought Marvel. Okay, is that the loophole? That is the loophole. So that's how they're getting Guardians of the Galaxy in Disney, uh, in Walt Disney World. Uh, which means we could conceivably see stuff like Ant-Man. We could see, you know, Doctor Strange. Uh, I doubt it because I think that might be towing a little too close to the Avengers deal that they have over at Universal. Mm. Um, so stuff like Captain America and Iron Man, we're not going to see that in a Disney park anytime soon, probably. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but, hey, we're getting the Guardians. And uh, I can dream that they retrofit Test Track to be a uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lola uh, test run with uh, with with uh, Phil Coulson talking talking in your ear over the speakers, um, but hey, that's just me. So that's what's happening at Disney and at Disney parks. Um, Universal, not a whole lot going on at Universal right now. They've already had kind of a big year with Volcano Bay opening um, and some other stuff going on there. There's uh, Skull Island open this year. Yeah, uh, the uh, Fast and Furious ride opens, I think, early next year. Because right now they're going through uh, Halloween Horror Nights, which right there, that brings yeah. in so many people. It's like, all right, everything else is on hold. Let's just take care yep. of that right now. Uh, they did just tear down Dueling Dragons. Or, I'm sorry, the Dragon Challenge of the Triwizard Tournament. No, you were uh, right the first time. Yeah, I know. Because uh, they're going to put it in a new ride, and that's fine. You know, it, it's it sucks that they took it down, but Dueling Dragons kind of lost its luster when they stopped dueling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose. But have the, you ever looked at a Google image of Dueling Dragons, of how physically large that property is for just this one ride? No, I didn't. It's gigantic. I mean, they can do a lot of things with this space. Awesome. Well, let's hope they do. Uh, and if, if it's in the Harry Potter land, there's no way that it's not going to be insanely themed, wonderfully done, and just a blast to take part in. Um so that's what's Universal's, what, what Universal's got going on. Uh, no one knows what's happening at SeaWorld. They've got some whales. Um, and, for now. Uh, for now. <laughs> and uh, Bush Gardens, they got beer. Uh, but let's move on to TV. Uh, and and this, one, this one makes me happy. So one of my favorite shows over the last three years, and I know Corey really liked it as well, although not as much as me, uh, was Constantine on NBC starring Matt Ryan based on the DC Comics property oh, yeah. of uh, John Constantine. Uh, the Hellblazer. Uh, Justice League Dark uh, just came out recently on DVD from uh, Warner Brothers Feature Animation. Uh, if you don't watch the DC animated films, you're doing yourself a disservice because they're all pretty darn good. They're they're very darn good. There, there's some that it's kind of like, well, maybe not. But like uh, what? Uh, the Batman Harley Quinn didn't really didn't really dig it. Um, Is that the one where Harley seduces Ro- uh, Nightwing? Yeah, she don't seduce Nightwing. She straight up bones Nightwing. Yes, that's okay. that's that one. That, that's that 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 one. I just didn't care for. Um, and I haven't really cared for the way that uh, uh, th- that they've done Harley in the DC or in the Batman animated series lately. Um, there there's just been some weird stuff that I haven't really cared for. Um, but anyway, so Justice League Dark was great. Uh, CW Seed is going to be doing an animated Constantine series, which is awesome. Because uh, it's going to start star Matt Ryan again, and they have also <laughs> confirmed Matt Ryan will be appearing on Legends of Tomorrow this year as John Constantine. Wow! So talk about typecasting, <laughs> I, and he's not upset about it either, which is the best part. Like it, he loves the role of John Constantine, so he's just he's ecstatic to be playing him again. Perfect. Uh, he's probably not too ecstatic about having to bleach his hair blonde again, but whatever. Who cares? Um, 
he's going to be doing it. And that's all that matters to me. Um, Sticking in the DC universe, we're going to switch over to comics now. And uh, DC Comics Doomsday Clock is their new big crossover event coming up. Uh, It features the DC universe proper against the characters from Watchmen. Uh, So Rorschach, Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias. Nice. Not the comedian because he's still super dead. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's very dead. Um, So we don't really know what the storyline is about yet. It uh, launches later this year. I think it kicks off in December after DC Metal wraps up. It might might launch early next year. I'm not 100% positive. Uh, But it's going to be written by Jeff Johns, who is their chief creative officer uh, and a hell of a writer. Uh, and it is going to be drawn by Gary Frank, who is uh, one of the greatest artists ever to, uh, to grace a comic book page. I'm very uh, familiar with uh, John's work, so I know that this is going to be high quality, what yeah. they're going to put out. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be good. Uh, there are going to be purists of Watchmen who are pissed that they're making a sequel um, because you guys can't accept the fact that uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons signed a, signed a work-to-pay contract. Uh and they did the work, and they got paid, and they don't own the fucking characters, so calm the hell down. <laughs> it's Alan Moore's a hack, anyway. So get over yourself. He ain't that good. He's a dirty, uh, drunk wizard. He is a dirty, drunk wizard, and his beard looks like pubes. So, moving on. So that's what's going on with Doomsday Clock. I don't like Alan Moore. I think he's a shitty writer. Uh, we're going to move on to the world of WWE real quick. Uh, first and foremost, um, sad to hear about Neville leaving. Uh, apparently the king of the cruise race has abdicated his throne. Um, there, there's still a lot of conflicting stories as to what's going on here. Some people yeah. say he walked Nothing. out right before raw. Uh, some people say he wasn't there at all and just didn't show the show. Didn't show up for the show or the weekend house shows. Um, but, uh, needless to say, he wasn't, it, it, it appears he isn't too happy about the fact that he's kind of stuck in the cruiserweight division, which sucks because I'd really like to see him move to uh, SmackDown and challenge AJ because I would love to see some Neville AJ That would be a great series. But I, you know, I kind of understand some of his gripes where the promotional side, did you see the shirt that they made for him? Oh, it's horrific. Yeah, it was just Neville. Yeah, block white fonts. Like, it's like aerial font. Like, someone opened up Word, learned how to do an arch on the print, and wrote King of the Cruiserweights and Neville, and that was it. Um, and it was terrible. It's like, I wouldn't spend money on that. Meanwhile, you've got, I mean, and this is, this is no knock against Johnny Gargano. Cause I love Johnny Gargano. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, but you've got a guy like Johnny Gargano who gets his first shirt on WWE shop and it's got good art. It's got great color. It's lively. It's fun. And Neville gets a black shirt with white lettering. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. If Neville is indeed gone, and that still isn't 100% confirmed yet, although I, I would say at this point it's pretty well, pretty well done. A done. Yeah, at, at this the point of us recording this, WWE has not announced, uh, given out their good luck in your future endeavors. They haven't yep. put that that press release out, Correct. press release out yet. Uh, people have contacted WWE, and WWE has said that no, he's still under contract. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. But of course, they did that about CM Punk too when he walked out and. Uh, Huh. Yeah, we'll that, see what happens. You know how that happened. Um, but we're going to move on now to Hell in a Cell. Uh, There's a lot of matches that happened in the middle of that show that don't really matter in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, but we're going to talk about the two on the uh, on that book end of the show. Uh, first and foremost, um, the New Day versus the Usos in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, i got to be honest, as good as these two teams are and as good as the chemistry is that they have, 
I fully expected this to be a complete and total clusterfuck because they've never done a tag team match in a Hell in a Cell, kind of like when they did Tag Team Elimination Chamber a couple years ago. Yeah. Which was a nightmare of epic proportions, with the exception of Kalisto hanging across the ceiling and, like, monkey flipping off to someone from the roof, which was bizarre but awesome. Uh, these guys, man, they, they need a steak dinner, a raise, and <laughs> just... Anything that they want from Vince McMahon. Um, I firmly believe that the Usos, with this performance with the New Day over the last probably, what, five months now? That sounds about right. Have have solidified themselves as Hall of Famers. Because... Because they, they, well, first off, they've won the tag titles more than some guys who already are in the, the Hall of Fame. Yep. They have gained so much character... With the Uso Penitentiary stuff. They have gained just unbelievable match quality working with the New Day. And working with guys that, aside from Kofi Kingston, aren't the best workers. Big E's kind of set in what he does, and so is Xavier Woods. But they have dragged out unbelievable matches with the New Day. And look, the New Day are already going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's a... Done deal. 100% done deal. After the longest title reign, yeah, they're in. Yep, 100% in. Um, I think the Usos got there with with this series of matches, and I think that the match that we saw at Hell in a Cell with some of the crazy shit that these two two teams pulled off is going to be just all over that Hall of Fame video reel when they go in. Yeah, there are two things that came to mind instantly is where they took one of the Usos in the corner and they barricade him with uh, the kendo sticks wedged in yep. like a triangular prison. Which was perfect. Like, yeah. Never seen shit, that before. What a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and another um, one where uh, Woods had his hands cuffed and he was up against the turnbuckle and they were just beating the crap out of him with the kendo sticks over and over and over again. Yeah, it was some ECW shit. Like it was like I was like I was like God damn they are wailing on this boy, but man, what a fucking great match! Like I I honestly I didn't know who was gonna win. Like I I, I made I made a I made a point this go to to avoid dirt sheets going into it. I didn't want to see the betting odds that come out every you know every time right before a show to tell you who's exactly who's gonna win. I avoided them like the plague this time. And I don't think I've enjoyed a pay-per-view as much as I did this time since one of the first NXT takeovers Hmm. because I had no idea what was going to happen. I loved so much about this match. Um, And I honestly thought like when, when Woods got back in the ring and he, he, you know, he super Saiyan up and started screaming and getting ready to attack. I honestly thought the new day had it. I was like, Oh, that's it. New day win. This is awesome. This This is the new hulking out is him getting, getting super Saiyan on him. And uh, when the Usos won, I was legitimately shocked, and I had no complaints whatsoever. No, not like, at all. I mean, this was one of those matches where it didn't matter who won. You nope. were so entertained at the conclusion of this match. It was like, oh, these guys won the belts. Okay. <laughs> who cares? The rest of the match was fucking awesome. Yep. And then to, to, to have the letdown coming out of it at SmackDown, to have them go up against Gable and uh, uh, Benjamin... Man, <laughs> who else is there? I mean, literally on SmackDown, they called out the entire tag team division. They looked at all of them, and I was like, nobody matches up 
I mean, some do entertainment-wise, but nobody matches up in the ring. Maybe no. Benjamin and Gable was probably the closest match of these two teams. The 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 problem the 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 only problem that has has arisen from the Usos and the New Day spectacular feud is the fact that they have left the other team so far behind. You know, yeah. as, as far as as far as um, ability to equal. I'm not saying that they can't put on a good match because I think every other team on that in that division can put on a good match, except maybe the hype bros. Um, like I think Brazongo and the Usos would have a spectacular feud. They already have had a great feud this year, um, but I, I would I would have loved to have seen them get it. Um, but they 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 desperately need to get the belts off the Usos now, and and just have the Usos go feud with somebody else for like six months. <laughs> And let the belts be built back up to build up the other teams to make them credible threats. Uh, yeah, so my could... my favorite little thing before we get back to the Hell in a Cell, my favorite little thing about uh, that tag team elimination match on SmackDown uh, when uh, Gable and uh, Shelton Benjamin won. Did you notice in the background that the Ascension were helping Brazongo up? Yes, and carry I did back. notice that. I was laughing my fucking ass off at that. I was like, this is amazing. This is wonderful. The fashion files are in continuity. This is so great. <laughs> so Yeah, the uh, when, when they were telling everyone, okay, uh, Hype Bros, go back to the line. Uh, Gable and Benjamin, go back to the line. <laughs> Brizango, you know what? You're cool. You guys yeah. are good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Brazango's cool. <laughs> fucking Tyler Breeze going, yeah, we are. Like, <laughs> goddamn dweeb, I love it. Um, but as good as that match was, holy shit, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. Um, so first and foremost, uh, they have righted the wrong of Kevin Kevin Owens' chicken shit heel as Universal Champion. Uh, they have made him a sadistic terrifying threat like this is a guy who almost killed an old man and then proceeded to almost kill a man in front of his family like there were moments on the like when they finally like ignoring everything but when they got to the top of the cell there were moments where they were fighting up there where i was just like i can't watch this i cannot watch this yeah it's it's too much now it's (laughs) ever since uh Undertaker Foley back then when they used the zip ties to hold it up. I know that the that the top of those those cells are reinforced. There was still a few times I was like, that's not gonna hold. Nope. That, I was, oh I was the same way. I was like, no, stop it. No, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. When he did so, the uh the, the pop up power bomb to Shane, I was like, Oh god. Yep. I was like, they're both dead. That that's gonna break and they're both going through. They're both gonna die. Like <laughs> Um but let, let, so we, we get to the end of the match. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Tessie, go upstairs. Go. Get. Go upstairs. Go uh, upstairs, Tessie. Apologies. Uh, so we get to the end of the match. Owens and uh, McMahon are fighting on the side of the couch. Or on the side of the couch? <laughs> apologies. Uh, Owens and McMahon are fighting on the side of the cage. Uh, they are beating the loving hill out of each other. Uh, Owens... <clears throat> Gets McMahon down on the table and makes like he's going to go jump on him, but doesn't do it. Kevin Owens shows mercy. Well, did he character flaw? Did he show mercy or did he kind of like 
chicken out almost because under, understandably, I would. I I think it was him showing mercy. I, I'm I'm going with him showing mercy. Uh, get through that. They get up to the top of the cage. Comes down. McMahon puts Owens through the table, knocking him off the side of the cage through an announce table. Does not pin him. Shane does not show mercy. Shane climbs to the top of the cage. Shane makes the stations of the cross. Shane jumps off the uh, off of the the top of the cage. And, and as is t- as tends out. to happen when Shane McMahon jumps off the top of the cage, misses spectacularly and proceeds to crash through the announce table, missing Kevin Owens. But wait, you say, Jay, wasn't Kevin Owens unconscious on the table? Perchance unable to defend himself? Au contraire, my friend. He was unable to defend himself. He was unconscious on the table. Aha. But friendship and brotherhood never dies. Sammy Zane. Sammy fucking Zane makes the save. Pulls Kevin Owens off of the table. Puts him on top of Shane McMahon for the pin. Giving him the win. Friendship is not dead. That's all that matters to me. Uh... I love I love heel hit Sami Zayn because nothing he said was a lie when on his heel promo. He didn't blame the fans. He didn't say how much he hated the fans. He used fact. He gave reason for why he turned heel, and none of it was a bad reason. Yep, he looked at Kevin Owens and said, "He's been NXT champion. He's been Intercontinental champion. He's been United States champion. He's been Universal champion. What have I been? Nothing. Nothing." <laughs> I was NXT champion for a cup of coffee, and that's all. Uh, and it was, it was such a good promo that it was, it was just, it was just such a natural heel turn. Like it was like, wow, this isn't like when like Dolph Ziggler turning heel has been like the most force fed bullshit. Like, yeah. Oh, you all you want is an entrance? No, no. Sammy was like, no, you guys didn't do anything. This isn't anything you did. This is just me saying, yeah, you know what? I'd like some gold. I'd, 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 I'd really, really like to be a champion one day. Uh, and it was, it was, it was, it was nice. It was, it was nice to see. And it was, it was fun to, to watch a good pay-per-view. I thought it was good from top to bottom. I know a lot of people are pissed off about Jinder beating Shinsuke again. Uh, but they, they planted the seeds for Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Um, because... If you watch Talking Smack afterwards, uh, you saw AJ say maybe it was time for him to go after the world, the WWE Championship, uh, and take down Jinder, uh, because I can definitely see uh, cocky heel AJ versus uh, charming babyface Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania, and I want to hear 75,000 people singing that song. Um, I hate that Baron Corbin is a champion. Yeah, it... it uh, but I hope it is a short-lived thing uh, and someone deserving takes it off of him. Uh, I'm fine with Natty cheating to win. Uh, I actually liked that Natty cheated to win. Yeah, um, it prolonged the series. Yep, because if, if if Charlotte had just taken it off, I would have been like, oh, all right, here we go. Uh, but whatever. That's wrestling. We're going to move on now. Let me let oh. me ask you this one thing real quick. Sure. I saw this on Twitter, and I, w- I want to gauge your opinion about this. Uh, over the next week or two, let's say Shane or somebody from authority comes back, looks at Sami Zayn and says, you interfered with the match, you violated something or another, you're fired. Sami Zayn goes away, 
And then next week we have this brand new competitor on the roster, El Generico. Uh, I don't see it happening. Um, it's a little too Mr. America Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah. Um, and they can't fire him for interfering in a no disqualification match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I just they... want to see El Generico on like Southpaw Regional Wrestling or something. <laughs> I would, I would love to see El Generico team up with Luke Harper's random, uh, uh, random luchador character from Southpaw. I think that would be great. Uh, oh yeah, random Luke Harper Eric Rowan are a tag team again. Uh, the the. Ugh. The Bludgeon Brothers. I thought that was a Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> um, the those props, those hammers. As soon as I saw them, I was like, "Those things are made of plastic, aren't they?" Yeah. Where they oh. go into the local Halloween shop and just <laughs> grab a couple things. You motherfucker stopped at Spirit on the way to the arena today, didn't you? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna pop on now to uh, Orville and Discovery. Uh, we're gonna keep that talk going on. Uh, this will probably eventually spin off into its own podcast. Um, where we, we just kind of talk Trek. Um, and, and after we talk about a couple episodes of Orville and Discovery, I want to uh, talk about something with uh, with Next Generation that, that struck me in the middle of an episode uh, this week. Oh. Um, so uh, episode three of the Orville was about a girl, uh, which uh, if you watched episode two, you remember that um, Not Worf had a baby, <laughs> uh, and Not Worf's baby was a girl. Uh, which is unheard of in his race, and anytime Bordas you found and out, Clayton. what's that? Bordas and Clayton. Clay, Clay, Clayton is his mate's name. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm terrible with with names. I can't even remember what uh, what McFarland's character's name is. I just happen um, to have the Wikipedia open over here. Ah, okay. So I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> so we find out that uh, that females born to this race are uh, altered. Uh, to become male, um, and it which was, is very it was, rare, like once every seventy-five years is the average. Yeah, something like that. Um, and this was uh, this was a hell of an episode. Like this was a very this was heavy... what I refer to as a social Star Trek episode. Yeah, this was a very special episode of Star Trek. This was the uh, uh, I feel I feel good, but also strange episode of Star Trek uh, when Wesley got drunk. Um, but it's uh, th- this was this was uh, it was good like top to bottom like there was there was a lot of stuff where I'm watching and I'm going, man this is this is a comedy show right like this is a lot of heavy political commentary in here and you know when Star Trek's at its best it's when it's making heavy social commentary and 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 making statements about what Roddenberry's view of a utopia was and you got that in this episode and you felt that in this episode and you could see both sides of the equation. Like there was, there was no, this person is right. This person is wrong. It was here are both sides and you're going to get points from each of them. And you're going to understand that there's points to be made on both sides. And it was great because you could, you were left to come down on either side of the discussion and you weren't made to feel bad about where you landed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause this is one society has their way of doing things, but you know, where, the the union uh, was a membership of people that had like a, a fusion of different societal mm-hmm. uh, nomenclature, but they were trying. They were at odds. So like, okay, well, whose rules are we supposed to follow here? And it reminded me a lot of when Elian Gonzalez down here in Florida, yeah, was uh, trying to be taken away back to Cuba, and it was like, oh, what side do I take on this one? I think I'm going to stay with keeping him here because he's better off here and that's a whole different issue but it did the 
the arguments did remind me a lot of Alien Gonzalez and the uh, the like the the gender role um, issues that we're having over here around this time of age. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and you know, it was it was one of those things where it, this was this was an episode that. I'm really glad they did it on the Orville because I don't think you could have done it correctly on Star Trek. Because with Star Trek, it would just be Picard a topic going, like this. Yeah, it, 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 Picard would just be going, "Well, no, it's the it's the Prime Directive. We can't interfere. Number one, it's just fuck it. No, it's the fucking Prime <laughs> Picard Directive." Picard would be Shut like, up. "I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole." Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, give me my fucking saddle. I need to go riding. I don't touch the fucking fuck, fuck. Where's Q? You know, like that's all it would be. Uh, but it, at least in the outtakes, um, it, but with, with Star Trek, it would just be, you know, quote the prime directive, move on. That's the end of the episode. It's a 10 second thing. Um, but here, you know, there is no prime directive as far as we know in the, in, in the Orville universe. And they were able to say, no, we're not doing that. You don't get to tell us what to do here. Like they were saying, it's like, well, we're not supposed to interfere with other cultures. Who are we to judge? And there was a lot of really interesting, you know, socio-political commentary going on in this episode and still dick jokes too. So, you know, great job all around. Um, moving over to episode three, uh, unless you have, do you have anything else to say about the episode? No, the episode, uh, the conclusion of the episode, I didn't see that one coming. I, I figured that they made an argument in that trial to persuade everything, but then still, uh, this, on this lot, how the, uh, the story went out, it still went out in, um, I thought it was kind of cheap changing out a female infant for a male infant. It's like, oh, okay. It, it, the the changes are that drastic. Just boom. It, hey, look, you got an instant male. Yeah, it, it was it, there. There, it, it was it was one of those things where it's like it was definitely a it was definitely their reminder of hey, these guys are the Klingons. They're not changing their ways for anybody. Just remember, Klingons, 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 Klingons. Um, so you, you definitely had that kind of reminder shoved in your face. That they weren't going to change their fucking minds, um, but it's uh, uh, it was definitely it was definitely something where it's like okay, well, all right, well here we go. Okay, this is cool, um, and, and it was it was not where I expected them to land either, based on you know just the way that the show is presented, and you you had that you know that that triumph music played when they brought in the the, the female of that race into the courtroom, and you saw her make her impassioned speech, and it was like. Yeah, they're changing minds. They're 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 evolving. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Star Full Trek stop. did that a few times as well, where like the the happy end result isn't what ended up happening in the episode, and you're yep. like, oh wow, they actually went that way. Yep, they did it here. Yeah. Um. So moving on, we've got episode three of uh of Discovery, which is uh context context is for kings. Bob, can you give us a rundown of that episode? This is the episode where shortly after uh, Michael Burnham has been sentenced to, for life for mutiny uh, against her captain and her ship. But six months in, she is on a transport when she's... Uh, her pilot, the, the pilot of the shuttlecraft just decided, oh, I'm going to go outside and fix it. And then, oh, he's flying away, or she's flying away. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Who goes out to fix your shuttlecraft? It's like, no, stay in your seat. God damn it. Hail for some other ship. But luckily, uh, Discovery was right there, brought them on board, and they said, you know what? You're pretty damn smart. Let's bring you on, see what you can do with these spores. That The whole spores thing. I was like, how, how do you... I mean, I can bend my mind around 
scientific mumbo jumbo. It's like, how do you incorporate this into your warp drive to instantly teleport, transport, whatever it is, from one part of the galaxy to the other? Uh-huh. But what I loved was that uh, showed why the the saucer section of Discovery is shaped the way it is because it does some strange. Uh, when they go into this slipstream, I don't know what they call it. Do they have a name for? It? I'm going to call it slipstream. Okay, because that just sounds better. Uh, it, the 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 saucer, the outer ring, because it's like the the center, and then the uh, middle ring and an outer ring, and like the middle ring starts to rotate. It's like okay, this is interesting, and then it does some weird CGI flippies, and it's this, I can't explain how they do this. I have to watch that episode again. And hopefully they'll explain it better. It's like watching Alexa Bliss get into the ring when she does that flip under the bottom rope. And <laughs> where it's just like, you broke physics. Stop it. No, don't do that again. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good episode. I liked I liked seeing um, uh, Jason Isaac's character. Uh, I, I think he's uh, I think he's the son of a bitch. Um, I, I, I will definitely question uh, the way he captains because he is uh, he is a dirty motherfucker. Um, I, I don't trust him yeah. at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he should not be in command of a of a science vessel, which is Discovery. No. It's not a battleship. No, definitely not. Uh, all that thing is loaded for bear, and we'll get to that in the in the fourth episode. Um, I so one of the things that that struck me in this episode, and this this kind of is shifting me away from your mirror universe theory and more towards um the idea that this is the formation of Section Thirty One. Yeah, I'm starting. Is, to, I'll, I'll get into that, but I'm starting to lean towards that as well. Is the uh, the fact that they have black communicator signals, or have have half black insignias for their communicator signals? Oh yeah. So as like when when they made a special like the convicts made a special comment. Have you ever seen a half black communicator signal before? I was like, well, that's kind of heavy handed. That's you know nailing me right over the head with 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 pay attention, um, which means it's either this is going to be important to the plot or this is a purposeful misdirection uh for me to 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 not see something um so i'm I'm leaning more towards section 31 uh section 31 as we know uh from ds9 is uh very advanced uh scientifically uh very unafraid of getting their hands dirty Um, yeah they're the cia of starfleet I would go so far as to say they're the KGB of Starfleet. Like I, oh, yeah, I, 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 the CIA is bad. KGB is much worse. Like there, there, there were some, some, some Section Thirty One episodes in DS Nine where I'm just like, you motherfuckers, good god, like just insane shit. Yeah, uh, some he, of the torture they put Bashir through. Yeah, Bashir sending uh, uh, what's his name, uh, O'Brien. Off to work undercover. He's a communic. He's a fucking transporter chief. Mm. You're making him work undercover for. <laughs> well, O'Brien. Th- this is a different discussion altogether. But Brian does have some military background. That's a lot true. Of it. That's true. He was he he was front lines in the Cardassian War. That that that's very true. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm thinking this is Section Thirty One. This is where it's going to be. So that's it for context is for Kings. Um, now we're going to move over to uh, if the stars should appear for the Orville, uh, which was probably my favorite episode so far. Oh, I cool. love this episode. Uh, first off, Neeson's. You got some fucking Liam Neeson's in the show. Uh, <laughs> I love that McFarlane is calling in all his friends uh, <laughs> and being like, 
hey, can you guys show up on the show and uh, make a guest appearance? And Neeson's is just like, of course I can. I'll be right there. I'm going to be someone. I don't remember his name. That, that's very good, <laughs> Seth and Liam. <laughs> um, so this was a really neat episode. They find... Uh, they're, they're just kind of cruising through space. They find a, a gigantic, massive thing adrift. Uh, they get, uh, left behind. Uh, so it was, uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, uh, what's her name? The, the first officer, <laughs> uh, the security chief and was Isaac and, uh, oh, and the, Isaac uh, and the doctor. Yep. And the doc. Uh, so they get left on on uh, this thing, and uh, the Orville is left kind of you know in, in synchronous orbit with this thing uh, because it's about to be pulled into a star basically in like three months. So they get in, and uh, they they get through, and they find uh, its entire ecosystem inside. It's a city ship. It's a city ship. It's a world ship. You know, there are fields, and there's you know beautiful sun, and there are people tilling crops. Uh, and a Gestapo and <laughs> uh, Teabag from Prison Break is there and he's the bad guy because it's Teabag from Prison Break and of course he's the bad guy. Um, and he's a, he's a religious fanatic leader who uh, believes that what, the, what he believes is 100% accurate and nothing can change his mind. Um, but we've got... Uh, very Salem witch trial-ish. Yeah, very, very Salem. Um, but it was a really great episode. Like we, we, we saw some really interesting, um, character work from McFarlane's character showing that he was both not only willing to be the cowboy to go into the rescue, but also to try and push a civilization to evolve and to improve. Um, we saw some neat stuff from, uh, the guys left on the Orville who kind of had to go out and, uh, kick ass and save some people while they were stuck on the, uh, the ship. Um, we saw um, Adrian Palicki's character get the living shit knocked out of her, um, and get tortured. And <laughs> uh, oh my god, yeah that that kind of pushed the boundary for me a little it was, bit. It was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. But in the end, we find that uh, that the 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 religious figure that they they keep referring to on this ship is Liam Neeson's character, and he was the captain of this ship. And uh, some people who believed that there were others and that there was an outside world and what they knew wasn't just what they had uh, discover the bridge to the ship. And they discover a way to fix the ship and they're able to not be pulled into the star and die. And the final shot is the sunroof opening for the ship. And this is the first time these people have ever seen uh, night. Stars. And it's just... This it was just this really great episode, and I loved every second. Like it was, it was one of those ones where I was just like, I cannot wait for more of this. It was so good. Um, and it was a I, very standalone episode, but man, it was a really good one. It was, it was a very like season three, season four, next gen episode. You know, it was okay. We need something to bridge a gap in between what has happened in the previous two episodes and what's going to happen in the next episode. Let's toss this one in because there's no mention to any other show or any other episode. There's no mention of anything upcoming. There's no talking about anything that we've encountered before. It's just except the the bad guys we saw in season one or in episode one, um, because they're randomly attacking this ship. Let's go save these people. Okay, it's a convenient way to get the Orville away from from the, the ship that's adrift. 
And it was just, it was, it was absolutely a filler script for a season to, to kind of bridge a gap. And it worked on every level. You know, it was, it was just really fun and really, really well done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, uh, I was trying to remember if it reminded me a lot of the Dyson Sphere episode on Next Generation. Only which I just that. watched. Oh, did you? Yes. Good. Uh, unfortunately, when they got onto there, there was no life. It was just yeah. the star. But there was a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, this giant generational ship and the this giant ecosystem that yep. in orbit an entire star. Uh, where they're basically trying to deal with an ancient civilization. It's like, okay, how do we figure this out? How do we fix its problem? Uh-huh. Which is now our problem. Yep. It, it's a very, very similar episode, although a distinct lack of uh, angry Scotty, um, <laughs> who, who I didn't realize uh, is or was alive and well in that century because he just took a shuttlecraft and fucking tootled off to wherever he wanted to go. Yeah, he went uh, off to a retirement community. I figured they, 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 I thought he wanted to be like stuck back in the transporter or something like that, and saved for later, lad. You know, just like, but I was like, oh, they let Scotty go. That's pretty cool. So Montgomery Scott's alive in the twenty fourth century, just chilling out. Um, well, he's super dead now, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was very similar to that episode. It was, and it's, at, at least in concept similar to that episode the 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 theme was very different like this was um thematically it felt like the episode where uh you remember the episode of next gen where they discover um i think they were kind of like a subset of romulans in like season one or two where they they're hiding in the cloaked base and uh uh oh oh and jordy gets stranded with one of the weather officers I don't know that. No, not Jordy. Uh, it was uh, Riker and Troy uh, get surgery to look like Romulans to go infiltrate this community. Okay. Um, and uh, they end up finding out that uh, it might not have been Romulans. It might have been something else. But um, they end up discovering the the cloaked base, and one of them comes up onto the Enterprise. And it was I was like, this is this is kind of similar to that, at least in in we found this ancient civilization. What do we do now? Oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it How was do we neat. fix their problem, which is our problem now. Yep, exactly. And that's going to transition us to episode four of the Orville, uh, called the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. Uh, and this was, um, this was an episode where we, uh, well, that's we got discovery. Oh, discovery. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, so we, we got, uh, on discovery where we got the spore warp drive to work. Uh, to, to kind of cut right to the chase, this this was the big investigation of the or the, the big impetus of the show was to get the the spore the spore the spore drive the spore slipstream to work. There we go. <laughs> um, and we had some neat moments with the the giant critter from episode three. Uh, we found out that it's comes kind of uh, tardigrade, which is uh, a water bear, which are awesome little critters that can survive in space. Um, we find that they have kind of a shared memory in between each other, so they know like where all these places to go. Um, and it was neat. It was, it was a neat episode. Uh, it was, it was, uh, a little fast and loose, I think getting things solved. Like it was, Oh, Hey, look, we've got this harness that magically fits this gigantic creature just automatically. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. We're cool. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, uh, did you notice how they got that thing to 
have the machinery work with the creature uh, by transporting it into this uh, this chamber with the spores flying around. And then this machinery came out. I swear to God, if you watch it again, you'll notice it. It The machinery clamps on to the creature's nipples. Because <laughs> of course it does. And the, the, the does. creature just like... <laughs> I don't want to move. <laughs> but I don't know what's going on either. Um, it, it was neat because we get to see that... Um, I, I like that they are showing a side to Michael where she is not um, willing to just go the route that uh, Jason Isaac's character wants her to go. Right. Um, she is very much looking for the Vulcan way out of things. She's looking at things logically. She's trying to make sure that they are following the prime directive and that this is an alien life form. They don't know we shouldn't kill the fucking thing. Um, the, the, the biggest complaint I've had thus far with discovery is that, uh, the show doesn't feel like a Starfleet show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It feels like Star Trek. Like there are ships flying around and there are captains and there are weird alien races and there's cool photon torpedoes and, and phasers and all this other stuff. But there are a lot of times that it does not feel like a Starfleet show. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with, with section 31, because a lot of the stuff I've gotten used to with, with kind of absorbing, reabsorbing DS nine again uh, for the first time in 20 years. And then watching next gen, like I am now for the first time ever, um, there's a lot of stuff that I look at with Starfleet and I'm like, that is not what should be happening here. That That is, uh, you guys are, are doing dirty. You're yeah. Bad. They're, they're leaning a particular way that is like you say, could be the beginnings of section 31. Uh, like the, the captain has this one room that has all kinds of different weapons and items of destruction. And did you notice the skeleton of a Gorn in the background? You know what? I didn't notice it until you posted it on Twitter. And then I just laughed my eyes. It was like this most cartoonish fucking skeleton. <laughs> like, it's like all this heavy science stuff and then like random wacky plastic skelly. It's like, what is, what is this shit? What is going on here? Um, but it, I, I didn't notice until you posted it on Twitter on, on the, the Cretans Guild account. I was like, that is fantastic. How perfect is that to just kind of shoehorn that in? Like, it, it, was that in like the science deck, or was that in uh, Captain Asshole's private collection of? Uh, that was in the private collection, but apparently uh, I did some more research into this. Some other people noticed that there was just a Gorn skull in one of the more previous episodes, uh, so probably the third episode. Okay, and it, that could have been in his ready room. We I'm not quite sure about that one yet, but we saw like an at least a torso up skeleton of a Gorn just sitting there. <laughs> Well, it's it's definitely um, what's what's his name, Captain uh, Lorca? Yeah, name? Lorca. Lorca. Okay. So Captain Lorca is is not a good person. I think we can we can all kind of agree he's an ends justify the means kind of guy, mm -hmm. um, which is a little bit Kirkish, but he's like Kirk. He's with Kirk droid without rage. the romance. He's and I'm not talking about love romance. I'm talking about romanticism. Yeah, he's he's Kirk. He's he's uh, drunken Bender Riker. Like it's it's 
He's this is a guy that's just going to go around, punch people, shoot people, blow shit up, get angry, uh, and not have a way out of a situation. And that's kind of something I don't dig bit for the character. I enjoy watching it on the show because I'm curious where they're going to go next and how it's going to work out because you know they they're very adamantly saying this is 10 years before Trek. This is Prime Universe. This is still Trek. This is Prime Universe. And it's something where I'm watching and I'm going, you guys have got to really pull your shit together if this is Prime Universe and this is this is not Kelvin. Because if they just say, you know what, no, we're wrong, it's Kelvin, I'll be like, oh, okay, everything's fine then, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> you've just um, been lying to us the whole time. Yeah, you've been lying to us for four episodes. Okay, fine. Um, but it, it, it's it's just one of those things where I'm just like, okay, you guys are, you either need to play the, the Section 31 card now and let people know that's what's going on, or you need to quickly figure out a way to start showing a little bit of redemption for these characters. Like, they're doing well with redeeming Michael. She she done wrong. She's getting better. Yeah, you can tell that she's uh, she's got the inner demons going through her head that she's dealing with. She's legitimately remorseful for her actions. Um, she she's a little bit ends justify the means too. Like her stuff with uh, uh, with the the, the tall alien dude, uh, Sora 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 Sora. Like like having him come in and and his his death phalange not freaking out on the back of his head. Um, that was, that's a little, a little shitty, a little underhanded. Um, and I agree with him. She hasn't really changed all that much yet, but, uh, at least she shows remorse for what she's done and she, she has regrets for her actions. I don't think Lorca has a single regret in his body. Like, and that's, that's not something I I want from a Starfleet captain. You know what I mean? Especially one of a major science vessel that's supposed to be making all these innovations right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, you know, it's definitely hard to, hard to swallow at times. And it's, it's definitely something, like I said, where it doesn't feel like a Starfleet show. Um, but then you get awesome shit. Like the, the, the discovery just random, like, like automatically appearing at the dilithium mines and blowing up all the fucking Klingon vessels, just bamfing in and be like, yeah, bitches, we here. Uh, and this is what I'm getting back to about the, uh, the, the, the ship being loaded for bear, because if it's a science ship, it ain't going to have all that firepower. Like that is true. There's, there's a lot not adding up right now to me for, for this to be just a random Starfleet ship that is, uh, there to, to, to be out for science discoveries, which is where my, my section 31 thoughts come in. Yeah. A lot of people might say, well, enterprise D was loaded tooth and nail. Well, that was an exploration vessel, not a science vessel. There's a slight difference between the two. It's also the flagship of the Federation. Yeah, it's yeah, going to see some shit. Yeah, it, it's th- that is the ship you send in when shit goes down. Like you don't send in the fucking Yamamoto. You send in the <laughs> you you send in the Enterprise with the Yamamoto. Like it's <laughs> It, 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 in the uh, in the in the world of intergalactic uh, biggest dick contests, the Enterprise is the biggest and the dickiest. Like it is, it is the one you you want there, and but at the same time, you don't. Uh, Picard's here. Yeah, you don't want it. number one. You don't want Lorca behind the behind the the or in the command chair of the Enterprise because you want someone like Picard. Or you want someone like Kirk. Uh, you want someone like uh, uh, Archer, 
You know, you want a character who has a little bit of that romance in their in their in their eyes and and believes in Starfleet and believes in the Federation and believes in the Prime Directive. You want that in charge of the Enterprise, and that's where Lorca loses me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, wh- where do you think uh, where do you think they're going now, Bob? Because you said you, you're you're kind of edging towards Section Thirty One. Yeah, I, I did some more research because when I made my uh, my mirror universe uh, prediction, it's because I, I the sole basis of that prediction was looking at the the Klingon ship that was used in the mirror universe, and apparently uh, that particular sh- uh, class of ship was used in the regular universe as well. It's just oh. it was like it was a dreadnought, like the Enterprise is. It's a dreadnought as well. Oh, okay, uh, just it's a big heavy hitter. We just don't see it a whole lot on Star Trek TV, and that Im- individual ship was only used in the Mirror Universe, but its entire class is in the regular universe. Uh, but I still have a little bit of Mirror Universe theory because of the way the Discovery looks compared to the rest of Starfleet ships. Uh-huh. Uh, it, that's starting to get a little weaker by every episode that goes by, but <laughs> we, we haven't seen any other Federation ships, have we? We've seen the Shins. Well, there was a bunch in the first two episodes um, because the, right, the Battle they were of the Binary all, Stars, but they were all the same type of ship as the Shenzhou. The yeah, Shenzhou they were Shenzhou. all that NX class yeah. or uh, very similar to it. There ha- We haven't seen anything that looks like a Constitution class yet. Correct. So, yeah, this might lead more towards the Section 31 or Discovery is a highly sophisticated specialty ship that had a second prototype, which you don't make more than one prototype so i don't know where i'm going with this so the 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 reason i'm kind of edging more towards section 31 as opposed to something else is um is kind of like what you're saying there though with because you've got this ship and it doesn't look like anything else and it doesn't behave like anything else and it doesn't isn't commanded like anything else um and we've had one of those in our military we've had that with the stealth bomber you know for the longest time we're like there's no stealth bomber like, motherfucker, I've seen it at an air show. There's no stealth bomber. Like, dude. Like, <laughs> um, this is one of those things because it, it, and the reason I'm kind of there with, with the stealth bomber and kind of the the the, the super secret section of, of Starfleet is that closing line of episode four where the, the discovery drops in just out of nowhere, fuck shit up, and then gets the fuck out of Dodge. You've got the miner saying, who was that? Who saved us? I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, bird of prey debris is coming down on top of Yeah, them. exactly. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where I'm like, it, that's that's kind of where it's lending me more to. This is this is a a black ops secret division uh, of, of, of Starfleet. So that's, that's where I'm at. I, I don't know if that's what's going to pan out. Um, I think logically it makes the most sense because setting up for what Section 31 is going to be makes more sense to me. I'm also kind of curious because I look at the uniforms they wear on the discovery and it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, the douchey leader of section 31 that showed up on DS nine. He's kind of got that, the, the, you know, the, the, the square that comes across like that. And it, it reminds me of the discovery uniforms, but I mean, that's, that's just an aesthetic thing. That doesn't mean a thing. Um, and granted it's about 150 years before that. So fashions change, isn't it? Wouldn't it be more than that? It would be almost 200 years. Um, well, no, because I was, almost wanted to say a hundred because it was, it was about cause watching like the Dyson sphere episode. Cause Scotty was in the transporter relay for 75 years. 
So it was, yeah, probably, you know, hundred to 150. You're probably spot on with that. Okay. Um, all right. So that's, that's it for, Oh wait, no, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry. Oh. One more thing. Uh, so I'm watching next gen, as you know, uh, and, uh, thoughts on Reginald Barkley. Uh, okay. This is like, uh, autism of the future, I guess. Okay. <laughs> He's a very socially awkward character. Yep. Uh, now I'm trying to r- remember what portion you are. You talking about the one where he gets an upgrade? Uh, I'm, I'm just talking about Barkley in general. So I just watched the episode okay. where, um, it is the continuation of the, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes adventures with data and Jordy and, uh, Moriarty gets brought out of mothballs. Um, oh. so, and Barkley's there and Barkley's one of the characters in it. Uh, so the reason I bring it up is, I, I've had like ever since I've been watching Next Gen. Whenever Barkley's on, I've got this like this weird, just kind of nagging. Why do I know this dude? Look, you know, like it's like who the fuck is this guy? Why do I know him? Uh, I had no idea that he was Murdoch from A Team. Yeah, yeah, what? that's the face I made. He was Howlin' Mad Murdoch from the fucking A Team. I, I want to say no, he wasn't, but. I've, been, I've learned not to uh, to argue. I looked with it up on, about I, these guys. I looked things. it up on IMDb. Like I was just like, why is this? Why is this guy so familiar to me? He's fucking Murdoch, dude. <laughs> what? What does he have? Dick Clark syndrome, where he doesn't age? Well, eighteen was only a few years before. Uh, oh God, that's right. For but only before, like five years before Next Gen. So I mean, when? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, it was. It's just one of those things where I was like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" <laughs> never, so, never knew that. Never nope. knew. And, and it's just one of those things. I was like, "Wow, okay, that guy's got some acting range." Like, <laughs> um, all right. So that's, I guess it was the hat. It, I never, I never made that connection before. Yep, it's it's just one of those things where it's just like it's it's like there's something weirdly familiar about this guy. Like, I'm gonna look him up on IMDb and be like, "Oh, that's my third cousin, Chris. I forgot about him." No, it's 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 Murdoch. Yeah, it's it's my second favorite character from A Team. <laughs> it's uh, so yeah. It's uh, all right. So we're gonna move on now. Uh, action movie playoffs, the final round, the championship results. Uh, Aliens versus Predator. Uh, let's look back and see how the movies made it in. Uh, Aliens uh, in the first round faced Desperado, and won with sixty eight percent of the vote. In uh, not not a surprise at all. As much as Desperado is a good film, Aliens was by by far and away the A class of that that matchup. Uh, second round, RoboCop, eighty seven percent of the vote, which was that kind was of more of a surprise actually. Yeah, uh, I did not expect RoboCop to only receive eighty seven percent or to 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 only receive thirteen percent of the vote in that matchup uh, because RoboCop is kind of the movie you expect to see. When you look up action movie in the in in the dictionary, you would expect to see you know a picture of RoboCop and ED two hundred nine standing next to each other. Like this is what happens in action movies. Uh, third round, we had aliens go up against Lethal Weapon. Once again, Lethal Weapon gets twelve percent of the vote. Aliens is starting to look like a bit of a juggernaut here. Aha! Yeah. But they are facing in the final in the fourth round, Die Hard. So this is one I expected to to be very close and to kind of come down to like one or two percentage points. Um, didn't happen there. Die Hard got uh, convincingly beat. I'm not going to say soundly beat, but it was it was oh. enough where it was like, okay, 
there is no chance of a comeback here. This was, this was, uh, you know, this is a chance of uh, aliens is going into the finals. They won with 64% of the vote. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Hi. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> so, Die Hard uh, gets beaten by 64%. Or bye, by, Barry. Bob says bye. <laughs> so, Die Hard gets beaten by 36%. Um, or only takes 36% of the vote, Aliens moves into the finals. On the other side, we have Predator. The unexpected juggernaut of the action movie playoffs. Um, defeats the two towers with 100% of the vote. Yeah. Defeats... I, I, that wasn't defeat. That was, like, get out of the way. Yeah, that, that was just... that was You know what that was? That was a... That was uh, Braun Strowman walking into the cruiserweight division picking up Kalisto by his head and moving him. That's all that was. And then he did it again in round two where he picked up Mustafa Ali (laughs) by his head and moved him because Predator beat Die Hard 2 with 100% of the vote. That's two rounds every vote. And we're talking somewhere around uh, the exact numbers were somewhere around 25 to 35 per round. Yeah. Third round uh, runs into Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, only, only gets 80% of the vote. Uh, and then in the semis, uh, suddenly runs into a bit of a buzzsaw where it only gets 57% of the vote against Legend of Drunken Master. Um, That's really close. It's very close. It's shockingly close considering it was 100%, 100%, 80% up to this point. Um, so showing a little bit of weakness going into the finals here, Predator, Predators on shaky legs are shaky de- uh, dreadlocks and yeah. weird tendrils. Um, I'm hoping that the Arena Football League uh, Orlando Predators shutting down is not a, a death toll for what happened to Predator here. I have no idea what happened in the finals. Um, I'm pretty sure I voted for Aliens. Actually, I'm, I'm positive I voted for Aliens. Because aliens. it's not Predator Two that it's up against. Um, yes, I'm I'm taking that to my grave, people. It's Predator Two or nothing. Uh, so, Bob, what did you vote for in this? I voted for Aliens, and that was a real. Literally, I coin flipped on that one because okay. I'm big fans of both the movies. Aliens, James Cameron, tons of action. You got space marines. You got acid bleeding creatures. Mm-hmm. Big explosions. Uh, you got get away from her, you bitch. Uh, actually, I got this bishop takes or a uh, queen takes bishop. Oh, you got to put together. Yeah, that uh, my fingers were sore the next day because this thing is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, the unboxing where you got that with you uh, with with loot crate, and I was just yeah. like, oh man, this thing is not long for the world. Bob is going to get so mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid if I drop it, it's going to shatter into a billion bits. It probably will. It's it's going to stay right there on the desktop and <laughs> never, ever touch it ever again after that. Uh, but then you got Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. My God, the biggest action guy of the 80s. Uh, again, what, were they Marines? They weren't Marines. But no, they were commandos. They were, were, like, they were special forces. They were, special they were, forces, yeah. yeah. Um, they were blowing shit up left yeah, and right. That was uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, yeah. That was... I ain't uh, got time to bleed. Infravision. Uh, for seeing it for the first time is Jean-Claude Van Damme as the predator. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's predator, you know, it's, it's vastly inferior to predator Two, but it is predator. It's still a great film. 
till I die. Um. So so how did so you voted aliens? I voted aliens. Pretty sure Corey voted aliens. Um. Actually, I don't think Corey voted because he doesn't have a Twitter anymore. Um, yeah, he uh, he ditched his Twitter. Uh, so let, let's let's get the final tabulation, Bob. All right, drum roll. They're champion of the action movie playoffs with sixty-four percent of the vote. Is Predator? You motherfuckers! Are you serious? You can't you can't vote in the right movie for Predator for the Predator franchise and then you vote it over Aliens. You absolute codswallops. You sacks of shit. You don't you motherfuckers. Seriously? Predator over Aliens? What is Does it does it help it was a close vote? No. It doesn't help that it was close. I'm so mad at you people. I'm so mad at all of you. Like, like I was disappointed already when Kingsman didn't make it out of the first fucking round. But that one was close. That that was close. At least you, I was proud of like thirty. It of was you. closer than this. <laughs> you mother. <sighs> Congratulations, Predator. You look stupid. You have crab face. Good job winning. <laughs> Are you demanding a recount? No. Okay. No. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna recount. Twitter tabulates automatically. You don't have to recount. I understand that there was garbage voting here. It's the Russians. The Russians hacked our election. There you go. <laughs> oh man, life imitating art. I love this. All right, so you are, you are legitimately. I'm mad. Upset yeah, over I'm this. legitimately angry about this. Like, I, I was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I did, I had no inclination whatsoever that Predator would win this. No, that thought never crossed my mind when I saw the finals. No, like, not once. Not like, not that I look at it and go, ah, oh, Predator might fuck around and win this one. No, this is like, oh, now Aliens got this. It's, nah, it's <laughs> I'm so mad at all of you right now. I'm so <laughs> mad at you people. <laughs> You're, you know, actually, you know what? No, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in your behavior. Dad Jay is pissed. Yep. Yep. No, wait. He's not pissed. He's disappointed. Yep. You guys. You guys made a bad choice, and I want you all to go to your rooms and think about what you've done. <laughs> think about what you voted for. So you know what? I'm not even. You know, you guys don't get an option for next year's playoffs. <laughs> I'm not giving you the choice. We're doing cartoons next year. We're doing. We're doing animated series. Uh, because honestly, it's a really good idea. Uh, Bob wrote it down, and it's better than comic book movies because comic book movies are just one genre. Animated series can be anything. Um, so you, you it's uh, we'll be doing this next year because uh, really we can only do one movie playoff a year. It's too much. Yeah, uh, this just about killed me with all this math. Yeah, and it, animation. It's it's, it's it, we're we're done for for at least twelve months. It's <laughs> look for it next August. Um, it will be the uh, the first ever. Uh, animated series playoffs, um, and that'll be it. Uh, Bob and I did, have both been. Did Predator s- make an animated series? Oh fuck! I think it did. <laughs> oh. No, I don't think it. I don't think so. I I hope not. I'm I'm so I'm I'm seriously so mad. Like I just I just the show's over. I quit. I, I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> so I'm gonna be solo next week. On no, no, Never. I'll be back. I'm just, motherfuckers 
So Bob and I have both been really sick. Uh, <laughs> the last, the last probably about week and a half. Um, you can hear it in my voice. My voice is starting to go. Um, uh, so we didn't, we don't really have anything for, for what you're doing. We haven't really been doing much, uh, anything. Um, I am waiting for my copy of WWE 2K18 to come in. Uh, it was supposed to be here on Friday because I, yeah, didn't you pre-order that? I know. I totally did. I pre-ordered the scene enough edition. Um, and, uh, yeah, GameStop sent me an update on uh, Thursday saying, Hey, it'll be there Monday. I'm like, I pre-ordered this so I could play it early. You fucking twats. Yeah. It defeats the purpose of pre-ordering. It really does. So I, I, I get it sometime on Monday. Uh, which is roughly before other people get to play it. So it's like, whatever. Uh, but what system did you get it for? I got it for PS4. It's it's my my primary system. Okay, um, will you and I be able to cross-platform? Probably not, but that doesn't mean I won't get it for Switch when it's on sale one day. I, mm-hmm. I, I like I don't mind buying a second console or a second copy of the game if I've got it on a portable. Um, and since it's a full console experience, I won't mind it whatsoever on Switch. Yeah, I wanted um, to gauge what everybody else is getting it for first. If it's not, I thought I read something that it is cross-platform multiplayer. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Um, if it is, it won't be with Sony. Uh, Sony plays no. hardball on that. They they don't do uh, they don't play nice. See, um, I thought that was Xbox that doesn't like to share their toys. Xbox doesn't care. No, Xbox X, X the Xbox infrastructure is basically a PC, so for them it's like whatever. Who cares? Um. But Sony, Sony's pretty tough, pretty pretty hardlined about it. Like uh, I know the the Rocket League guys have had cross platform play ready for months between Xbox and PS4 and PC, and Sony won't let them do it. So, uh, but Nintendo has no problem with it. There will be Nintendo cross platform play with uh, with Rocket League. So you'll be able to unlock or you'll be able to earn Halo unlockables in the the switch version and mario unlockables in 360 or the ps or oh, cool. Xbox i didn't One know version. that yeah or at least see them you might not be able to earn them but you'll be able to, be able to see them in game so you'll they they won't just be like random texture pack on top of car um it'll actually be like master chief's helmet or mario's hat or something like that um so that's that uh we've been sick so we haven't really done much of anything uh although uh no that's it no nothing's happened nothing's going on i'm just really god i'm so mad at you all um, but tell, I hope you're happy. You've ruined Jay's week. Tell tell me why I'm wrong though, because we you know we do feed off your dialogue. We love to hear from you guys, and uh, as we as we've seen with the the last episode talking about the Orville and Discovery, uh, we're getting a lot of interaction from you guys now, which is awesome. So we hope you guys c- continue to stick around when this eventually does veer off the Star Trek topics, and we don't talk about Star Trek anymore, um, at least on this show. Uh, we hope that you still will stick around and enjoy our nerdery. Uh, or at least the way we talk about things, maybe not so much the subject matter, but the fact that I get <laughs> mad at people for voting for something that they love. Um, <laughs> so we do ask that you subscribe, like, and comment on any of our posts anywhere on social media. As we mentioned earlier, it's just Cretans Guild, one word, on all our social networks. Uh, you can do it here. You can do it wherever you're listening to the podcast, on our Facebook or on Twitter at Cretans Guild. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us some reviews there. We do love to see uh, the reviews there and the comments from you guys about what we can improve. Uh, and and please do. Don't just tell us we're great. Tell us what we can work on. Tell us how we can get better because that's the only way we're going to get better and make the show that you, the listener, want to hear because that's really what matters right now. Absolutely. Uh, so to all of our followers, new and old, uh, welcome to the guild. Uh, play nice. Don't vote for Predator next year in the, car- in the cartoon playoffs. Um, I am Jay. This is Bob. Bye. Deuces. Yep, I was mad.